I'm Bridget Trung. And I'm Tom Yoni. On today's episode, we're going to mix it up and ask each other 10 blind questions about life, love, and, well, everything else in between. This truly is 10 Questions with Tom and Bridget. Do you have to have a coffee every morning? Yes. You do? Yeah. How many? I don't know. As long as I have one, I'm okay. Is it more of like a, an experiential thing for you? It's kind of... Both. Okay. I think I definitely like the experience of it for sure, but it's also something to wake me up. And it might even be a trigger at this point. Maybe it's psychological. I don't even know. I think it's but built into it. our routine Yeah. after a certain point. How old were you when you started drinking coffee? Honestly? No. Lie to me. 28? <laughs> Later, me too. Later, yeah. I hated coffee when I was growing up. I didn't like it at all. I thought it was bitter and gross. Yeah, it tasted awful. When I was living in Holland, there was a little cafe in the rink, and that's when I got introduced to it. We used to go there before practice and before games, and it was so good, though. That was the thing. And then I, I remember I came home thinking I loved coffee and went to a Tim Hortons, and I was like, this is dog shit. <laughs> It was the worst. It was just like coffee flavored water. So how much coffee do you drink in a day now? Um, so I usually have one in the morning and I think in total I'll probably have two or three. Yeah, I'm like two, sometimes four. Yeah, I never go the de uh, decaffeinated route. What's the point? I don't know. I, I don't trust the people that drink <laughs> decaf coffee. Your colleague Steph asked for one the other day. Well, I get... In her situation, she doesn't drink past 10.30 or so because it keeps her up. She gets jittery. That's fine. Sorry, 10.30 a.m. or p.m.? Yeah, a.m. Of course. <laughs> I love her. But people that just straight up only drink decaf, ah, all right. I'm not going to have a go at them. Never mind. I, I retract that statement. So, Tom, you came up with today's format. It's like a variety hour. The way I explained it was like, if you're watching The Price is Right and there's different games that you love, so like Plinko comes on, you're like, yes, Plinko, that's my favorite game, or something like this, that I thought we could come up with different games within this show to make it a little bit more interesting and offer some personality as well, because we're going to be interviewing people here and there. Sometimes we'll just be talking about stuff going on in the news, but then we can mix in some fun stuff. So today is 10 questions with Tom and Bridge, where we ask 10 blind questions I have no idea what Bridget's going to ask me. She has no idea what I'm going to ask her. I feel like keeping it light. No, let's do it. Yeah, let's Keep do it. it light. Okay. Should we, let's rock, paper, scissors it. Who should go first? Okay. Best, two out of three? No, straight up. And is it one, two, go? Or is it one, two, three, go? It's one, two, one, like shoot? two three, bam. Okay. Okay, right. ready? Yeah. Scissors so, beat paper, so. All right. You choose. Winner's choice. Do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? I will go first. Okay. And you okay. just set the bar real low. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Tom, what's your definition of love? Oh my God. Wow. What is my definition of love? I would say a combination of... Oh, that is so layered. Hey, your game, your rules. <laughs> you said you didn't want to see these questions before. Yeah, true. It is very layered, but I figure... Okay, this is what we... <laughs> We should implement the rules as we People go. People write like a thesis on this topic. You want me to just distill it into like 30 seconds? Okay. No, I don't want you to distill it in 30 seconds. I think what you should do is just say the first thing that comes to Sacrifice mind. Sacrifice was the first thing that came to mind. That if you truly love somebody, you'll always be willing to sacrifice for that person. Put them before you. Put their interests before your own. Look out for them. Take care of them. 
that you're always on guard for that person and looking out for that person and trying to protect that person, whether it's a parent, a family member, a significant other, whatever the case may be. So I think when you truly love somebody, your own natural sort of evolutionary instincts of survival and self-preservation are subdued for the betterment of that other person. They come before you, their interests come before you, you're looking out for them before you. I think that's kind of the main thing that comes to mind for me. Am I allowed to have a follow-up question? Yeah, Do well, I get at least one? Maybe once, or else this show's gonna drag on for like a week. I totally agree with that. Sacrifice is a huge thing when it comes to compromising too, because that's a big part yeah. of every relationship. Totally. But let's, let's talk about romantic relationships. Okay. Can you sacrifice too much, too much of your own happiness for the other person that well, it needs to be reciprocated. Become a problem. It needs to be a balance. Everything is balance. I love this idea. Balance is so important in life because from the moment you're born, it's the very first thing that you ever try to do. You try to, as you're young, you've got nothing at all, right? You're just new to the world. You try to balance your neck and then you try to learn balance with your arms and legs. You learn to crawl, walk, stand, run, balance in life in terms of professional, personal things that you spend your time doing. Everything's about balance. So if you're giving everything to somebody and they're giving nothing to you, then you're in big trouble. Good start. All right. Okay, here's my first question. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? I think right now, if I could live anywhere in the world, it'd probably be Amsterdam. Why? Just like maybe for the next year. Have you been there? <clears throat> I have been there. Okay. I went there for the first time about three years ago with my cousin. Um, have you been there? Yeah. It is breathtakingly beautiful. Yeah. I love the architecture. Um, and that's something I can see myself being inspired by every single morning when I wake up. There's a massive freelance community there, which is so exciting. So really big creative community. And I think the government um, has like the government really encourages this freelance community to keep doing what they're doing, either opening small businesses, working with each other or doing whatever they want to do full time. Um, I can't remember what the the tax credit is on that but they actually have a tax credit behind being a freelancer which is incredible and dutch people are fun well i have dutch family right and i've been there so many times when you're there you just feel like it's such a liberal place people are so friendly there are a lot of expats um obviously cannabis culture there is free-flowing mm -hmm. which i'm all for uh, so there's a lot of things that kind of checks off a lot of boxes for me. Um, okay. One thing you're excited to teach your son. Character. Character, for sure. Which is not like an easily taught thing, but something that my dad always instilled in me. He used to always say um, things like, nobody said it would be easy. Um, and that might sound harsh when you just hear it in isolation like that. But he was always teaching me about um, the value of hard work and... Um, the value of a second, third, fourth, fifth effort, not giving up, um, having a balanced approach to life. So character in terms of not getting too high, not getting too low, taking things as they come. Again, balance comes into that too. That's much easier said than done. But uh, yeah, my dad taught me so much about that. So many of the lessons that I was fortunate to learn, and my mom too, for sure. But those lessons I'll be really excited to share with him. Um, what is a skill you would like to either sharpen or develop this year? I'd like to become a better swimmer. Oh, nice. I'm a terrible swimmer. Me too. 
No. I am. Really? Yeah. It's something that I actually don't tell very many people about. I don't know why. I'm I just so... wear a life jacket. Me too. I'm so ashamed <laughs> of it. Are you? Yeah. I'm cool with it. Oh, are you? Yeah. <laughs> Good. You're definitely more self-aware than I am. But it's one of those things where my parents put me in swimming lessons for a few years when I was a kid and I was like really getting into it. But this kid in elementary school drowned, so that no. freaked me out. Oh and then my. later on in life, a former friend of mine drowned as well at a cottage. And so that always kind of added to the fear of being an open body of water. I also wear contacts. I have terrible vision. So it freaks me out that I can't see very far. And anyone who wears contacts knows that you're not supposed to wear them in water, in the shower. So there's been a lot of factors that come into play with my fear of being in open bodies of water, but it's a life skill that everyone needs. I would love to take up some swimming lessons. Or... Would you actually take lessons now? I don't know how else would I learn. I can't really just jump into the deep end and be like, I'm good guys. Let's, Practice, I guess. Let's conquer Lake Ontario. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? Wear a life jacket. That's For the weird. rest of your life? Well, I mean, it's not like I just sink like a stone. You know what I mean? It's more so that um, my stamina swimming It's the sucks. stamina. So yes. like I, I can, I'm actually a fast swimmer for like 75 meters and then I gas out. It's like I just have no gas tank swimming. Which is weird because I could run and run and run and run, but I can't. Yeah, I, I have my stamina sucks in water, um, but then I also freak out if I'm like at a cottage, if I'm in a lake. I'm like I don't know what's under me. If I'm in an ocean, that freaks me out even more. I don't go too deep. Yeah, that's fair. But like, these fears are just paralyzing me from experiencing a world of undersea creatures. Yeah, an aquatic life. <laughs> so yes, that is my final answer. Okay. Okay. What is your favorite quote? Oh, man. I think the unexamined life is not worth living. That's probably my favorite. The unexamined life is not worth living. Yeah. Who said that? Um, Socrates, I believe. Yeah. Bless. Yeah. Up. Yeah, I heard that one in high school, and it has always stuck with me. I think about it a great deal because... Mm. Um, I don't know, you want to live your best life. You only got presumably one shot at this. And what the hell, you better make the most of it. So I just, I think examining your life in terms of where your time is spent, who you're spending it with, are you around people that are charging your battery? Or are you around people that are diminishing your energy levels and draining your battery? Are you doing work that you feel compelled to get out of bed to do every morning? Do you feel good about what you're doing? Do you feel good about your contributions? Do you have connection or love in your life or people that you care about? Are you doing something actively that gets your blood flowing and gets your heart rate pumping and makes you feel good and gets some endorphins flowing through you? Like, what are you doing with your time in this world? I think about time all the time. So for me, the unexamined life is not worth living. I think it's worth looking at where you're spending your time and who you're spending it with and whether you're living the life that you want to live and if you're not that's fine then just make some changes because we're all just a byproduct of our habits whatever you're doing what how you spend your time ends up being what you leave behind that ends up being what people will remember you for so just make a couple little shifts it's like you ever play golf yes well not well so sometimes i can step up to the tee and just smash a drive like 300 yards 
And then the very next hole, I think it's all good, and boom, it goes like 100 yards into the woods, just like that. What was the difference? It was just a very slight, minor, like, shift in the face of the club, or maybe my hips came through too quickly, or my hands. It's like a very minor difference, but it makes a huge difference in the end result. I think the same thing is true in life. Sometimes it's just a minor pivot can be the difference between great success and happiness versus not feeling so good or something not working out quite as well. I feel like you just gave me a moment of life coaching and I really appreciate it, Tom. Well, send the invoice to Tony Robbins. <laughs> okay, all right, question three for you. Do you believe in the one? Do you believe a lot of people watch Disney movies or whatever and think that there is one person out there meant for everybody? Do you believe in that? Tom, you're gonna make me cry. Am I? This would be a very raw, quote-unquote, authentic moment if I start crying. Um, do I believe in the one? Well, as you know, this is a very timely question because I'm going through a pretty tough breakup. Excuse me while I just get my thoughts together. <laughs> um, I don't know if I believe in the one. I believe that there are many soulmates out there for one person. Do you? No! Like, no, I don't believe it. I, I don't think you could live... There's billions of people in this world. I think it's laughable. I think you can choose the one that complements you the most out of all the people that you, have, you right. may have met throughout your lifetime, but I, I don't think that there's one person that's for you for the rest of your life. I think you can move to just like just about any country in the world and find somebody that you share interests and lifestyle with and you respect what they do and who they are and what they stand for and you get along with their family and friends and you'd have a great life. I think you could there'd be hundreds of people around the world for everybody. So okay so maybe to answer your question is I believe in the one right now. Okay. <laughs> uh, but in the grand scheme of things, with the seven billion person buffet we have in yeah. front of us, no, I don't believe in one person for everyone. Yeah, I think it's circumstantial based on where you're at in your life and what's going on in your so social circles. And I think have about nothing it too. going on right now. I'm well, alone like, and I'm never no. going to find the one. No, I'm kidding. You have, you have a, there's seven or whatever, seven billions seven. of options. <laughs> yeah, I think we're over seven billion now, actually. I'm sure there are many things, Tom, but what's the one thing you're certain about women? Capable, talented. I've been super fortunate to have a lot of really strong women in my life. My mom is a G. She's like the best ever. My sister too. She's incredible. Because my dad is such a big family of 15, I've got... Oh, and then my mom has two sisters, so how many... What do I got? I think... God, I don't want to botch the number. I have like 11... Like first aunts, not including the women that my uncles have married, plus my cousins. So I've, and then my sister, she always had like girlfriends coming over to the house all the time. So I grew up around a lot of women. There were always women in my life and really strong, powerful women. My mom and both of her sisters went to school, my, like to post-secondary education, their masters. My mom's a PhD. Um, they're all involved in the service of others, like teaching. And so I always grew up with that around the house and really, really strong women. So I just think all of the, um, like nowadays it's pretty topical that there's a real strong kind of re-revolution of femininity, 
femininity and mm-hmm. uh, women in general really kind of stake in their claim as um, being equals, which is crazy that that's still a conversation taking place in 2019. But um, yeah, I've just always had super talented, strong women in my life. So I'd say really strong, really talented. And uh, I think women are just amazing. Yeah. We just gained a plethora of female listeners because of that, so thank you, Tom. Well, hey, give yourselves a pat on the back, women. Number four, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be an entertainment journalist. Oh, wow, you're yeah, doing it. Yeah, I'm doing, doing it. It's crazy. Yeah, I grew up uh, as an only child, immigrant parents, and uh, every day after school, I'd come home to my mom watching and making dinner to Entertainment Tonight. It was, it was just like the idea of talking about movies and music and being out all the time and um, connecting with like super ambitious people who are doing things totally outside of the norm was very, very like ideal for me. Biggest lesson of 2019 so far. What? Don't. That's my next question really? for you. I swear to God. Okay, this I'll is great. I'll go back and forth. Okay, biggest lesson so far. I haven't really reflected properly on the last on like the first five months of this year yet. So that's a tricky one to say. I'm trying to think if there's anything that has, that I've been like, wow, I had never really thought of that. Or if it's just like reinforced something. That's okay. That I've already. That's still, that's a lesson. Felt. Um, that comes I would from probably say the importance of uh, like family and trying to maintain um, healthy relationships with family members just because like you know there's some different things going on health-wise on, on my family and just seeing people step up and contribute like my aunts and uncles my sister um, different people that have tried to go the extra mile just to, to help out that makes a big difference so I would just say and then so you know my dad's in the hospital right now and I see other people that are in the hospital that maybe don't have a lot of support and it's really sad because if you don't have an advocate in there you just kind of get treated like a number it's and true. you can get lost in the system a little bit and we've totally seen that mm-hmm. so having people to support friends family loved ones whoever just people that care makes a huge difference because it it makes whatever challenge you have more real and tangible so that you can get more support get more help and hopefully get better so what's the top lesson you've learned so far this year? Um, I would say setting boundaries for yourself does not make you weak or a bitch. <laughs> huh. Yeah, yeah. But boundaries are important because it dictates what you are okay with, what you're not okay with, um, and for your own mental sanity as well, so that people don't take advantage of you. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Precedent setting is huge. Learning how to say no more often or knowing what I'm comfortable with and what I'm uncomfortable with, knowing what makes me happy, knowing what sets me off, all those things so that you can have harmony within any relationship. But setting boundaries is really big for me this year. Good one. Okay. What's your happy song? Lately, it's actually, and this is an old song, but literally happy by Pharrell. Did you just stumble upon it or? No, I mean, it's pretty popular, but yeah. I think it like showed up on my Spotify on what, some playlist over the last little while. And then, I don't know, I've just been playing it a lot lately because it, it it's it's <laughs> yeah. a very uplifting song. Okay. okay. If you ever get a chance, you need to listen to Follow the Sun by Xavier Rudd. 
Okay. Oh, Tom, don't get me started. Okay, my next question, number six for Bridget. Mm. If 10-year-old Bridget met you right now, like the 10-year-old version of yourself, what would you want to tell 10-year-old Bridget? There's so many things I'd want to tell her. Pick one. Um, we got to make it snappy because okay, we got four sorry. more questions. Okay. You'll always be stronger than you think. Ooh, that's a nice one. I like that. How's that for snappy? That's a great one. Tom, what's one thing you'll never, ever understand? Oh, I like that. I know you um, are. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's so much, to be honest. And I'm thinking, like, I, I suck at math. There's certain things of, like, math or science that I just can't comprehend. I try to read about black holes sometimes or, like, astronomy, and I'm just like, damn it, why can't my brain compute this? It's just... What else? I, I'll make one quick one, too, which will be, like, really awful communicators. People that are, like, tone deaf and don't read body <laughs> language and don't pick up on social cues. And I'm, I'm not talking about if, like, if somebody actually has a proper challenge with that. That's one thing. I just mean people that lack self-awareness to like an extreme extent where they like truly do not understand the room or their place within it or the vibe they're putting out or reading others. That's, that's a tough one for me because I would think like somewhere along the line, a teacher or a coach or a parent or something would have maybe helped get through to that person. But yeah, I, I struggle with people that are like properly bad communicators. Okay, do you think, this is number seven, question seven, four to go. Here we okay. Go. Do you think a university or college diploma is necessary today? Ooh, I love that question. Um, I really think it depends on what industry you want to find yourself in, what it is you actually want to do. If it's in the medical field, 100% it is important. If it's in science, yes. Because we now live in a day and age where there are so many tools at our disposal educational tools, um, practical tools, resources, i.e., you know, fellow creatives or fellow uh, entrepreneurs who just teach one another things all the time. And I hate the phrase fake it until you make it because I actually think that's the laziest thing to do. But I think that it has actually shown us that the people with that mentality have been able to just go out on their own to find those resources to make whatever they want to do work. If I were to have kids in the future and they questioned whether they wanted to go into post-secondary education right after high school, I would say take some time to think about it. Yeah, me too. It's just an exciting time. There's so much at our disposal. and yeah. uh, access. 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 It's to, the accessibility to make things that's happen. big. And you don't need, before you needed a college or university degree to get in front of the gatekeepers yep. of industry that would then grant you access where now because there's just a global distribution network in your pocket that gives you access to the world's history and a communication tool in real time for yep. anywhere and the ability to do business online, then it changes things. Like I know, for example, in, in what I find myself doing day to day, producing or hosting or creating content with brands, no one ever asks me for my degrees or my grades in high school, university or college, but they might ask for, I don't know, statistics, referrals, um, even endorsements on LinkedIn. Do you know what I mean? It's almost mm -hmm. like endorsements can go a longer way than a piece of paper you have in a plaque. All right, you're up. 
If you could choose an actor to play you in a movie, who would it be? I like people that are funny, so I think I would have to go with somebody that has uh, like the ability to, to make people laugh. So I couldn't go with somebody like overly serious. So for instance, like the first people that come to mind would be like who could be funny, but then uh, also maybe serious? a little bit more serious. I would think Rudd. like Paul Rudd. Oh, Paul Rudd's a good one. Yeah, I love him. Yeah, yeah. He hosted SNL this weekend. Did he? Was he good? He was good. Oh, yeah. I fucking love Paul Rudd. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's. All right, so that good. type, like somebody like that, or like a Ryan Reynolds type, where okay. like they're funny but can also be more serious. Although, obviously, he's like. Like an Adonis, so if I pick him, then it's, I don't think that of myself, <laughs> just for the record. And Paul Rudd isn't? Well, not the same How dare way. You? Paul Rudd's more every day, you know? He's the more relatable guy. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, question eight for you. Why do you like pineapples so much? I love pineapples. I know. Why? You noticed? Obviously. <laughs> what do you mean, obviously? I'm not wearing anything with pineapples on it. You had a phone case with a giant pineapple for like a year. <laughs> That was hard to miss, eh? Yes. Um, well, I had that for practical reasons too, Tom. Sure. It was very rubbery, so whenever I dropped it, which was often, it would just bounce back up to my hand. So it was for efficiency as well. Okay. Um, but I love pineapples, A, because they're delicious by nature. Um, and B, I guess it's the cheesy symbolism, uh, sorry, it's the cheesy symbolism behind it. Have you ever heard of the quote? It's like, wear a crown, you're a pineapple. I haven't heard it, but I believe you. Oh, and you can dissect it any which way. You can use it in so many things. You can use it in smoothies. You can use it on the grill. You can use it in a delicious Chinese dish, like sweet and sour pork, for example. So it's a very diverse fruit that you can have in it's a, a good cell job. In many different ways. <laughs> um, the only thing I don't like about pineapple is how hard it is to cut. I feel like I've lost, like nearly lost my thumb on multiple occasions throughout my life just trying to cut a how pineapple. How do you do it? Do you do it on the side or do you skin it first? I think I chop the head off and then, I don't even know. This is probably my mistake. I don't know how to cut a pineapple. They, I think they have those like, you know, those like TV commercials. As seen on TV. They have those yeah, yeah, as yeah. seen on TV tools. I don't um, know what the pineapple one would be. <laughs> I feel like that would be, yeah, pretty, pretty helpful. Okay. What are we at now for you? Is this eight or nine for me? Uh, this is nine. Okay. Okay. When was the last time you felt a high level of discomfort, either in your personal life, your career, in your car, in the kitchen, in the bathroom, wherever? It was maybe like... <laughs> <laughs> Just get real with us. It was... Actually, I drank too much coffee at the Influence <laughs> This Conference last week. Oh, no. And it was from Impact Kitchen, which, by the way, Impact Kitchen is great, but their coffee... Was and I love strong coffee, but yeah. for whatever reason, it was like particularly strong. And I just I I got there early and I was a bit tired, so I just hammered through like two of them pretty quickly. And I just remember sitting in a conference surrounded by like our peers and whatnot. And I was like, I felt like I was tweaking out. You know? <laughs> I was just like so jittery, and I don't normally get coffee jittery. Ever jittery? No. So I was just like my skin was crawling, and I'm in the middle, surrounded by like two hundred people, and I was just like. Breathe, relax, get some water, slow down. <laughs> so that's the last time I was. You're always so just <laughs> subdued and just calm it in wasn't... your demeanor at all times yeah. that I can't see you just winging out. <laughs> What's wrong, Tom? Are you okay? Do we need to call a medic? No, I just, I just had, had to impact slow coffee. down and relax. And then I got myself centered. But there was like a 20 minute period there where I was just like. You're playing the air guitar? Yeah, yeah. kind of. <laughs> 
Question number nine for you. What do you like most about your job? Honestly, I feel like it's the no limits life. My job kind of allows me to believe that every day. No limits in terms of what I can write about, what I can create, uh, who I can inspire, who I can um, educate. Tell me you're ready for the final. I'm ready. All right. What does success feel like to you? Uh, fulfillment. Fulfillment. Fulfillment in, in every way. So, um, and then you got to break down success in what? Success in relationships with your physical health, with your mental health, professionally, um, relationships with family or friends or coworkers. But success is fulfillment. Success is balancing. Again, balance comes into that. The idea of balance. So you're not successful if you're making $10 million a year, but a year, but your relationships are falling apart. You're also not successful if you have strong relationships, but you can't eat or can't put food on the table, right? So it's on both ends of that spectrum, finding balance where you're doing something that you like that allows you to live the lifestyle that supports your interests and the interests of those that are around you that are important to you. But being able to balance and maintain good relationships with friends and family and coworkers along the way and in balancing your personal life and your professional life and your interests also finding a way to maintain your physical health because health is wealth if we don't have our health we've got nothing right you could have the best relationships and the best job but if your health is failing none of that matters it becomes a, like very very clear in a short period of time how important your health is when you don't have it right so maintaining physical health and even the long-term view of that Maybe you're healthy right now, but you're living a lifestyle that is going to catch up with you in five years, 10 years, 30 years. So even being aware of that. I'm good with that. Okay, final question for you. So we know what you like. This is actually, I should have done the reverse. This is not the best way to end it, but I was just curious. So I'm still gonna proceed. Oh God. <laughs> no, it's oh just, what do you like least about your job or what would you want to improve upon okay. the most with your job? Or I wouldn't even say your job because your job is variable, like mm -hmm. your career. Let's say your career. What would you like to improve the most with your career? Where would you like to see the most growth? Something like that. Two things that come to mind. One is a team. Uh, I think that I have been type A for a very long time. And that's a gentle way of saying a control freak. So I like to have control over every piece of the puzzle. Um, from the conceptualization of an idea to the execution. Um, but I have learned over time that when you're trying to manage so much at once, you start to lose your marbles a little bit, A, and B, you're not working as effectively. Um, and secondly, I'd like to improve my mindset as well. Hmm. I've been getting into my own head a lot, and that happens when either... Work is inconsistent, feedback is inconsistent, there's too much on the go, but I'm naturally really hard on myself and um, I think that sometimes that works against me. You gotta ride the wave. Sometimes if things aren't going as well, it can bring you down a little bit. Yeah, I'm very sensitive. I'm so sensey. <laughs> I need to work on that. Yeah. This is, oh man, this is another Tony Robbins-ism, but I think it's true, which is, um, where your attention goes, energy flows. 
Totally. So if you start yep. spending a lot of attention on bad things, your energy goes into a bad place. One of my favorite quotes in line with that, you give it attention, you give it life. Yeah, totally. Actually, I like that better. Stolen. Bumper sticker! <laughs> so that was our first go at 10 questions with Tom and Bridge. That's it. We yeah. will do this routinely. The actual frequency, we'll, we'll still massage and figure out, but it's and coming back. Feedback, more than welcome. Absolutely. Yeah, we would love that. So this has been 10 questions with Bridge and Tom. Hopefully you learned a little bit something. I know I did. I did as well. And we'll be back next week, so make sure you tune in once again. Take care. Until then, have a great day. Bye.